Good morning, everyone. I'm Ryan Lizza. It's Thursday, April 6th. I want to direct everyone to a great new Jonathan Martin column where he goes out to San Francisco and interviews Jerry Brown. They cover a lot of ground, but the most interesting thing is Jerry Brown breaking from the new bipartisan consensus on China. Uh, Jerry Brown, turns out, is not a China hawk and is very worried about what he calls the decoupling uh, from China. Check it out at Politico.com. The second big thing we're watching is the fallout from the somewhat undercovered races in Wisconsin and Chicago, the mayoral race in Chicago, and the Supreme Court seats in Wisconsin. We're thinking about what happened in Chicago in that race where the progressive candidates uh, won and beat back attacks from a more conservative Democrat who was criticizing him as soft on crime. There's a great piece by Shia Kapos and Chris Catalago at Politico.com sussing out the politics of Wisconsin and Chicago's election results. Check that out. Today, I wanted to get Gary Finout, the author of Florida Playbook, who is based in Tallahassee. We wanted to get him on the line and talk about another uh, prominent national politician where abortion rights is about to be a big deal. And that is, of course, Ron DeSantis. Uh, Gary, you are our DeSantis whisperer. You know more about this guy than almost any other political journalist I know. I, I only have one topic. I'm, I'm a one trick pony, right? I only <laughs> talk about one thing. So with this session, which is supposed to be this, you know, the sort of poster child for DeSantis's big issues that he wants to run on as president, how coordinated is he with Republican leaders in the legislature? How much did he want this six-week abortion ban versus it just sort of being sprung on him? And because he's obviously in a Republican presidential primary, um, basically ha has to support this. Did he want this thing? Well, I would I would tell you clear signals out of uh, DeSantis' world is not the easiest thing in the world. But <laughs> but um, what I would tell you is is that this legislature at this point in time is not doing anything that he's not willing to do. Got it. This is my fifth governor that I've covered in Florida, and I've never seen a governor with this amount of sway and clout with a legislature. So my answer to you is, is that everything that has been happening this session has seemed to be geared towards giving DeSantis what he wants and so that he can use it on the campaign trail. I, I think you bring up excellent questions about, you know, how would this play down the line but, you know, a lot of what they seem to be doing is they seem to be doing things that are geared more towards getting to the right of Donald Trump and yeah. and, 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 and and trying to win the primary. Yeah. And and I and I think the attitude that I've picked up is that the general election is a battle down the road. Yep. The election in front of us is what we're, we're worried about right now. Yeah. And they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out later. But to be a Republican candidate in a in a Republican primary. There's no downside to being as pro-life um, as you can, short of uh, of a full-on of a full-on ban where a candidate like Pence is. Right, and and again, I just I you know, I mean maybe maybe he would have supported twelve weeks if the twelve weeks would have come out of the legislature. I mean I I don't know. I mean, but uh, you know I think the the one thing as I was talking to you earlier is I I would I would assume that some of this uh, reporting and and stories that was pointing out that Florida was becoming sort of a, you know, a state that a lot of people were running to. Yeah. Oh, he didn't want that. Yeah. That's not what you want in a Republican primary. You don't want, 
things coming out like, oh well, people can go to Florida to get an abortion yeah. because it's the restrictions are 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 more you know strict in states like Georgia. So he so he actually saw that as a vulnerability and had to shore up Florida's reputation as a uh, switch it from a, a, a southern abortion sanctuary to uh, a state where Republican dominated legislature and governor. Um, went as far as they could in in uh, in restricting abortion rights. I would say that that is one way you could look at it. Yes, I mean Gary. One thing that if he does survive, you know, this is obviously a lot of ifs. But if he actually becomes the Republican nominee, he's going to have to figure out what to say in a general election about this. And I suppose one option is for him to point to red states doing their thing and blue states doing their thing and sort of dodge a national abortion ban position. Is he the kind of politician where you would put it past him to take a hardcore position in a, in a primary and uh, moderate things in a, in a general election? I, I mean, what I could see him saying, because it's sort of the core of what he's doing as he's going around the country, is he, he keeps holding up Florida as the state that, you know, held out and did things differently than what they want to do in D.C. And that he's trying to, you know, and that he... He contends when he's been asked questions about, are you running for president? He's like, well, I'm going to see on that. But then he's like, I'm out here presenting the blueprint, the blueprint for how red states can, you know, counter what's happening in D.C. So, no, I mean, I yeah. could easily see him using an argument that, you know, we were doing what we thought was best in our state. And that's, you know, what we believe in. And the idea that the laboratory of democracy out in the states and that we were resisting what was going on in D.C. and coming from the left. Got it. Gary, thank you very much for this. I'll, uh, I'll see you soon. I'm planning a trip to Tallahassee, and I hope you uh, can oh my gosh. Show, show me the ropes. Everybody's coming here. The last time I did any reporting in Tallahassee was the 2000 uh, recount. So, <laughs> Oh, were you here for that? I was here yeah, for that. I, I was there. I hung out a lot at the uh, Silver Slipper, which I understand is no longer around, sadly. It has since been ground into roll. <laughs> All right, Gary, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. And for your schedule today, the House and Senate are still out, making all of our lives a little bit easier. Here at Politico, we're kicking off the world's biggest annual gathering of finance ministers and central bankers this morning, asking if we're headed for a recession or more bank failures. Cheery topic there. That's happening at nine o'clock this morning with the IMF Chief Managing Director, Kristalina Georgieva. And President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden leave for Camp David at 4 p.m. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre is briefing at 1 p.m. I'm Ryan Lizza. Thanks for listening. For an expanded schedule of everything happening in D.C. today and more reporting, check out Playbook this morning at politico.com slash playbook.